dominion is an everlasting dominion, and his kingdom endures from generation to generation. All the inhabitants of the earth are accounted as nothing, and he does according to his will among the host of heaven and among the inhabitants of the earth. And none can stay his hand or say to him, what have you done? Bet you didn't see that coming, switching up the opening scripture. You got to keep people on their toes. That's keep right. Keep it fresh, right? Because, I mean, everybody's got Psalm 72 verses 8 and 10 memorized now, so now we need to move into Daniel. Yeah. That, of course, was uh, Nebuchadnezzar and his, uh, I guess you could say it's a, a song that he, or a, or a prayer that he prays after mm-hmm. he's restored from his uh, insanity. And uh, that's from a pagan king. Even he recognized that. It's funny how that's... I wish our pagan kings would recognize that. <laughs> I wish our professing Christians would recognize <laughs> yeah, that. We, we'd settle for that. <laughs> I just want the Christians to understand this. <laughs> Jesus is king. Can we agree on this? Can what? we agree on this? What? We can't? Okay. Well, I'm not sure where to go from here. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> well, welcome back to the Dominion Podcast. I am Jeremy Boyd. And I'm Alex Klusterman. Now, this is episode 22. Mm. We're up here in the Upper 40 studio. Of course, we've been teasing you guys uh, just how beautiful it is. And still no video yet, uh, but that's probably probably for the best. Once you guys get video, <laughs> you're going to regret it, and then you're going to ask us to go back to Such audio only. <laughs> Please, turn it off. Turn it off. I just want to hear their voices. We don't need to see their faces. <laughs> At least our wives don't think that. I think they put up with us. I, yeah. They, they, yeah. They put up with us. There's other things they appreciate. Yes. Yep. Well, what are we talking about tonight, Al? We're going to talk about everyone's favorite topic, and that is authoritarianism. Oh, I thought you were going to say ice cream. You said no. everybody's favorite topic. Okay. No, this is what... Authoritarianism. This, this is what's on everyone's mind these days, or at least it's what's on my mind. Yeah. And... Uh, we did in, some of this overlaps with the podcast we did on sphere sovereignty. Yep. And a lot of that, uh, you you can just I don't know what episode it was, but I think you can it was go six or seven or yeah, somewhere around there. Yeah. Go check it out. Um, but I thought we would take a little bit of a different tack uh, this evening and talk about the kind of the nature and the reality, the prevalence of authoritarian thinking and acting uh, in Canada. And the reason is. Um, I mean, I'm going to try and make the case and we can discuss this. I think that Canada is rampant with authoritarian attitudes. And this shouldn't surprise us because when we look at Scripture, matters of authority, i.e. who has authority and what is it and what limits does does that authority uh, you know, have, are really fundamental questions to most people's existence. Um and if we look at things biblically, I mean, just a quick flyover, going back to Genesis 1, the the fall of Adam and Eve, amongst other things, was fundamentally a question of authority. Mm-hmm. And the nature and the root of sin is, at on one level, an issue of authority, namely a rejection of the authority of God right. and the adopting of an autonomous outlook, that is, you know, a self-rule. Yeah, and God created the rule, uh, the the world, and as Creator, He is the one with ultimate authority, and all other thor- authority. We talk about this in the Sphere of Sovereignty episode, but all other authority is is delegated, and it is defined, and it is limited according to what God says in His Word, mm-hmm. and so 
we have these dual realities. One, the way that God made the world is is inescapable from issues related to authority. And the nature of human rebellion is to reject um, the God's rightful authority and to assume that authority for ourselves. We see this today um, in the sexual revolution. It's fundamentally the trans thing is an authority thing. Yeah. Who gets to define reality? Who gets to say what is true? This is an authority question. Yeah. And if you don't listen to me, we're not going to reason together. I will cancel you and destroy you. It's because it's a matter of authority. Yeah. Who's the boss? Um, a lot of people don't get this in Canada, in privileged countries, And I would say Canada is probably top of the list, the worst for this. Because even when you look at other Western nations, you take the United States or even Britain, history of conflict. History of conflict and having to think through um, how how, how does authority function best in a culture. But Canadians have just had some of, if not the longest periods of peace. Um, certainly in modern times, you know, we are geographically far away from conflict. We have the longest, uh, undefended border in the world and we are beside the world's current greatest superpower militarily. So we just, we, we, we just don't think this way. A lot of people live in with the assumption that, um, we basically all will agree on how authority functions. And uh, that's just not true. Yeah, that's just not true. So, so I thought it would be good in light of the last year and a half. One of the things that's that's come to the forefront is what is the authority that God has granted. Um, so I'm going to a definition I give for authoritarianism. Just a very, I think this sums it up is the wrongful ascribing or assuming of authority. Mm-hmm. So when you either give someone authority that they don't deserve or actually possess, uh, according to God, or you assume for yourself an authority that isn't yours to take. Yeah. Um, and it's, uh, it's taking something good and uh, raising it to a level that it shouldn't be at. And so, yeah. I mean, this is what you get when you put an ism at the end of it, right? Of course. Nothing wrong with authority. Duly. Authority dis- is good. Yeah. Duly. When exercised. Uh, yeah. Yeah, when it's when it's right authority and it's rightly defined, uh, we would say the same about something like uh, pietism or yes, in, environmentalism. Yes. Yeah, you, you know the the environment is good. We're supposed to uh, tend to the garden. We're supposed to have dominion over yeah. the earth. Uh, but you put that ism on the end of it, and now you're raising this to a level uh, high above where yeah. it should be. Yeah, hundred percent. The the ism is important. We're not anti-authority. Authoritarianism is a is a perversion mm-hmm. of authority. Um, this is to make one last general comment, owing to the fact that this world is covenantal, which is to say that God has created the world in such a way that there exists between creatures various obligations and responsibilities and duties, and these duties have corresponding authority. So, um, Christians, well, all creatures, most fundamentally, have a duty and an obligation towards God to live as faithful and obedient children, to worship Him. Adam lived, Eden is pictured in Scripture as a garden sanctuary mm-hmm. where Adam is to offer up his worship and live in obedience. He is to um, love 
and serve and worship God as his father. And all of humanity is created for that purpose, and we have rejected it. We see that Adam and Eve have duties and obligations to love one another, and that all of humanity, um, according to Christ, has the duty and responsibility to love one another, to love our neighbors, ourselves, and to love God above all else. And so, being covenantal means we need to understand what healthy relationships look like. Well, that's a question of what are my responsibilities and what is my authority? So to make this very practical, this goes off the rails. If, for example, I was to go to another family and to start instructing or disciplining their children as if I possessed parental authority. Well, God hasn't given me that authority and he hasn't given me that responsibility. Or if I was to um, require someone else's wife, you know, to submit to me or something. But I don't have that responsibility to care for her, to provide for her, to protect her covenantally. And I don't have the authority to do that. Um, a lot of people forget these things when we start talking about the state. It's almost as if the government gets to, the state rather, gets to decide for itself what are the limits, if any, to its authority. It's the only realm where we let the authority define its yes. own its own limits. Yes. We, we don't you know, we don't give that to the church and we no. don't give that to the family. No. I mean maybe we do, but generally we don't. No. And we we in some ways we're starting to give that to the individual, like the the autonomy thing. You can def- de- define who you are, but we don't consistently do that. For example, if someone says, "Well, I don't think that's true," we cancel them and punish them. So you're not you're not actually allowed to define reality. Only certain people are. But it seems with the state, this is not a question most people ask. So then you bring these assumptions into, say, Romans 13, where we're told to submit. Well, we're told wives are told to submit to husbands, but there's a limit. Parents or children are to submit to their parents. Yep. We're actually told to submit to one another. So there's lots yeah. of. We're all told to have a posture of submission to various uh, spheres of responsibility. It's not absolute, though. No. But when it comes to the state, it's like, well, anything they ask, you need to do. Um, so a lot of that we cover in in. Uh, Sphere of sovereignty, but I wanted to read from Ephesians 1. And the reason this is the biggest reason this is a problem is that one of the main purposes of Christ's crucifixion and resurrection was to restore the order in the world and from chaos by restoring um, uh, the recognition of his rightful authority. Mm-hmm. He always has had authority, but it is not recognized. So um, in Ephesians 1, 20 to 22, uh, he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead. That's the father raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. And he put all things under his feet and gave him as head over all things to the church. Mm. Jesus himself said in the Great Commission, Matthew 28, 18, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. So this is fundamentally an issue of worship. 
when we wrongfully assume for ourselves or ascribe to others authority that doesn't belong to them, we are... Um, That's idolatry. It's idolatrous. Yeah. It's a worship issue. It's not humble. It's not pious. It's not respectful. Uh, even though we can couch it in these, this language, um, it's, it's just rank idolatry. Mm. And so for 2,000 years... You know, at our colloquium, Dr. Glenn Sunshine is going to come speak to us and basically give a flyover of how the church has thought about matters of authority, wrestled with these things throughout history. What authority does the church possess? Do individuals, does the family, does the state, and how do these relate to one another? Yeah, This is not a secondary question. This is not a um, uh, kind of a tertiary thing to the gospel. The lordship of Christ is central yeah. to the gospel. And so I mean, we, the, the verse you just read from Matthew 28, the Great Commission follows that, right? Yes. And is you wouldn't have a Great Commission without this first part. Exactly. If Jesus does not have all authority, then that doesn't follow. Yeah, because he says, therefore. Therefore, and he's pointing to this. Because Christ has all this authority, Therefore, go and yes. do these things. Yes. We're working under his authority. Yeah. Paul says in Colossians that Christ's resurrection was so that he might have preeminence yeah. in all things. And you read from Daniel. Uh, we always read from Psalm 72. And, you know, the end goal of the cross is the kingdom. And that is the rule of Christ and mm. the, the dominion of Christ over all things. Yeah. And, um, we need to we need to get these matters settled. So, when I think about the Canadian context, I think authoritarianism is not only a reality; it is the dominant way of thinking. But I'm going to explain what I mean by that because when I say that, most people, or a lot of people, might react and say, "Are you insane? We're not. We don't like dictators." <laughs> right. Well, which I, don't know. I would, yeah, I would. Maybe a year and a half ago, I would have said we didn't. Yeah, <laughs> that's not true. But let's let's even grant that that yeah. they have a caricature of Mussolini or right. Hitler or Stalin showing up, and they imagine that they would make a different decision, that they would spot that authoritarianism, and that they would reject it. Not likely uh, at this point, but let's just grant that point. Authoritarianism is manifest in a lot more subtle ways. So let me um, give a couple examples of this. Um, Authoritarian assumptions are beneath kind of the following ways of thinking. If you disagree at any point with a particular human authority, you are inherently disrespectful and unsubmissive. This is how authoritarians think. This is how domineering husbands think. This is how domineering pastors think. This is how domineering and tyrannical governments think. That they um, castigate all disagreement as disrespect, Mm. as an affront to their authority. But disagreement isn't an inherent affront to their authority. Disagreement is an affront to God's absolute authority. Only God has the claim for absolute obedience unquestioned immediately. No other person does. And so to claim on the basis of disagreement, disrespect, is an authoritarian impulse. Mm. So I've noticed that as we've kind of been more vocal over the past year that 
people don't often interact with the arguments. No. That in Canada, it's kind of like, how could you even disagree with someone in authority? You shouldn't voice that in public. You shouldn't yeah. voice that in public. That's disrespectful. And and of course, there's a way to do that disrespectfully. But when people say that you can't speak against or disagree with an authority, whether it be a pastor or uh, um, an individual or you know a family uh, or or the the state, uh, that's that's signs of authoritarianism. Mm-hmm. Um, we see this as well. Uh, that you may never speak, likewise, you may never speak critically of authority. Um, it masquerades as piety, but it's a cover for tyranny. You can get this in the home, you can get this in the church, you can get it in the government. Uh, another fallacy that I see a lot of people promoting is to fail to obey any commands of the government is to disobey Romans 13. Let's just, this is how authoritarians think. If you don't do one thing that I'm asking, you are rejecting my yeah. authority. And and I'm picturing these people going to, is it Galatians, where to disobey part of the law is to disobey all of it. Yeah. Big difference between God's law oh, yeah. and man. That's One of them's right and one of them's man-made. So. Well, exactly. And that's the <laughs> idolatry beneath yeah. this. It's like, no, actually, I can disagree with my pastor, my husband, uh, my magistrate. And still uphold and affirm their God-given authority. Yeah, you know what I haven't stopped doing this time: paying my taxes, yeah. which is actually Paul's practical exhortation. <laughs> you know, to pay your taxes and Jesus as well. You know, give to Caesar what's owed to Caesar. Whose whose who's image is on the coin? Yeah. Pay your taxes. Right. You know what's funny is I've heard people quote that verse uh, to say that we should wear our masks and we should follow the government. Right. Give to Caesar what's Caesar's. Yeah, it's actually the, Jesus is making the opposite point. Yeah, he's actually saying that doesn't belong to Caesar. Yeah, right. <laughs> Theology fail. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So basically, God is the only one who requires absolute, total obedience, immediate, immediate obedience, and uh, anyone who says to be critical is inherently unsubmissive or disrespectful. Hmm. I mean, you would think from a lot of people that to disagree with any law is to become an anarchist. That's how these, that's, that's how this narrative goes. Yeah. Um, Oh, we can't have you disagreeing with anything. Otherwise we're just throwing out the magistrate and the rule of law Hmm. and all of this. It's like, that's an authoritarian way of thinking. It's a zero sum game. Now, so there's there's different ways of disagreeing, and I think you've sort of uh, hinted at this. Like, there are times where I will disagree with somebody, but I'm still bound to submit. Yeah, yeah, like for that's, sure. There's there's a category for that, right? Um, but if my disagreement is, uh, say, a conscience issue, uh, say an elder or a leader in the church is asking me to do something um, or asking me to submit in a certain area and I can't, based on a conscience issue, mm-hmm. then that would be different than me just saying, um, you know, I, I disagree, but I'm going to go with you on this. Yeah. Right? Well, it's, we again, have a category it, for that. Well, it's a matter of authority. It's what what things do we even have the authority to disagree with? But yeah. that goes both directions. Yes. So we don't have the authority, for example, to forbid what God commands or to command what God forbids. And this is how the church has traditionally understood 
as a litmus test for what how do we respond to people so yeah and that's and we've talked about this before but that's not even enough those two categories aren't no, enough. No, but that's the base that's the start base, level. baseline. Right? Yeah, if God says to do this, then you need to do it no matter who says to do otherwise or to not do it. And if God says don't do this, you don't do it and yeah. no matter who tells you. Have you read, um, I think it's called Seven Things I Learned in Narnia or Things I Learned in Narnia? No, I've, Doug, I've heard of it. Doug but... Wilson's book? Okay. It's really good. Uh, it's It's good for uh, younger audiences too who have read the books obviously yeah and he touches on a lot of the different aspects of the story and uh, one of the things he learns is on this exact point and i don't know how well you remember the stories but in prince caspian when they're kind of under siege under aslan's how and they're trying to get help yeah and so the one the one um um why am i blanking the one uh dwarf uh is Caspian's one of his men, right? Mm. And Caspian asks him to do something that he doesn't want to do. He thinks it's a wrong decision. Uh, he tells Caspian why he disagrees, and then he o- then he obeys. And Caspian's like, "Well, I thought you disagreed." And he said, "Well, there's, you know, I gave you my opinion, but an order's an order, so I'm going to go do it." Yeah. Uh, and then there's a later point in the story where um, he is uh, he is he's being asked to do something. Uh, that would have been wicked, and he and he uh, he responds differently and says, "No, I can't do that." And so there's this great contrast of what it looks like practically to submit to a true authority, even though you disagree, yeah. and then what it looks like to oppose that authority yeah. when it's when it's asking you to do something. And similar. authoritarians don't make that distinction. They say it's all Canadians don't either. Yeah, well, that's right. <laughs> they they say that there's no no. You just need to do what you're told. Yeah, and that's that's a. That's a fantastic illustration. Yeah, and a lot of that, a lot of the Canadian attitude toward this hinges on our perception of the motives behind the orders, our motives of the government. So if we think the government has our best in mind, then why wouldn't we do that? Yes. I think that's flawed on a couple areas. I mean, I don't know why anybody would trust them to have your best in mind. Yeah. But even if it were true, it's beside the point. Yeah. It's it is that let's talk about that that privilege because that is historically and biblically so naive. Um, the assumption of a lot of Canadians seems to be it is safer, even if I disagree, to go along morally, even morally speaking. Um, I don't just mean safer as in self protectionist. I mean. I'm not quite sure of the ethics surrounding this, but it feels like I'm more likely to be doing the right thing if I err on the side of compliance. That is that is not a biblical posture. We've talked about this before. The, the non-compliance is the experience of Christians every day. The world, the flesh, and the devil, we are actively resisting. Um, and if you if you think that it's safer to just comply, you will shipwreck your discipleship. But... It, this is perpetuated by his a historical and biblical naivety. Like, the fact that you can even live in the illusion that my ruling authorities have my best interests at heart uh, is such a sign of your privilege <laughs> and your naivety. Yeah. It's like, you don't even have to go back far at all to see that that's, you don't even have to go back. You can just look at it over the world. But yeah. it's just such a narrow-minded uh, bubble perspective 
that is just, you're just used to living in the safety and the privilege of Canada. You don't even know what goes on in the world at the moment, what most of the world's experience is, and far less anything beyond your own present moment. Um, that is just such a naive thing. And and I mean, I wrote something tonight. It's It's borderline Pelagian because what a lot of Canadians think is that there is a class of person who is uh, insulated from the fall of man. Yeah. As if our governing <clears throat> officials, health officials, so-called experts are are beyond the fall, that they have not been impacted, that they are yeah. not corrupt. They're experts. They're scientists. Yes. Therefore, they must be working off of some sort of clean slate. Infallible, or, yeah. you know, inerrant. Um, and again, it's an idolatry. It's ascribing to man, but can only be ascribed to God, that they are omniscient, uh, that they are good. Jesus said no one is good. So our view of of authority in the West historically has been shaped by a biblical and experiential understanding of the depravity of man and the proclivities of those empowered to make a train wreck of that. But that's not how most Canadians think. Most Canadians think that you need to assume that the government is good, otherwise you're being uncharitable and unkind. Yeah. And and that's just, but it's the same people who can assume the worst motives and anyone who's critical, right? Right. Oh, We wouldn't know anything about that. No, I mean, not me personally, (laughs) but I've heard. I've heard that people are, who are opposing this. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean- in my mind, when I think of the last year and a half, year and a half in the Canadian church, I think authoritarianism is a huge issue. Yeah, and it got it, it's it's kind of covered up and shrouded in pious language of submission and respect and honoring and obedience, um, and and oh, even painting yourself as someone who's you know willing to suffer and set aside yeah. your rights. Yeah. Um, and it, and it's really just a cover for idolatry. It's a cover for idolatry, and it's something we need to get our heads around because it's these are impulses, which means that they're not things that we just we learn these things in our head. Couple propositions. It's like we need to learn to be shaped at a heart level, so that our instincts are biblical. So let's get to that. Then how do we? Uh, fight against this impulse that we may have and how do we fight against it on a social level where we see it happening all around us? Yeah. Well, I think for one, um, we need to return to scripture and we need to start asking, how do I relate to those two people around me? Um, who has been given res- what responsibilities and what authority goes with that? Until you figure that out, and if you just want to live in a naive assumption that it's, it kind of all makes sense and we all get it, until you figure that out, you can't move forward. Hmm. But then you have to commit to actually being obedient to that. And this is where the conflict comes in. If Caesar says that he's Lord and Jesus says that he's Lord, who are you going to listen to? And a lot of people apparently... Um, will listen to Caesar. Mm-hmm. So one, you need to learn about these things. Check out our podcast on sphere sovereignty. Um, the cultural Christianity one too would touch on a lot of yeah, this. Yeah, cultural Christianity. And, uh, 
you know, we need to develop some biblical convictions. What's the role of the family? What's the role yeah. of the individual? What's the role of the state? What's the role of the church? Yeah. Uh, so many of these issues go back to our view of scripture. Yeah. Like we're seeing this play out in so many different ways right now. Yeah. Uh, in Canada and the States and Europe and all that. Pretty much every problem the church has right now is because it doesn't believe the word of God and isn't, yeah. isn't willing to apply it yeah. to day to day. It's and, like we've separated it. The Bible is what I read when I need a spiritual boost or when I need to learn about how God saves me from hell. Yeah. But we stop there and go, instead of saying, well, maybe this has something to do with like every aspect of my life. Yeah. Maybe this, uh, you know, uh, maybe maybe scripture is good for for teaching all things. Yeah. Right. And, and is is uh, capable of uh, equipping us for that. But even that's a question of authority. Like, do you view the Bible as something that confronts and challenges and corrects and rebukes you? Because that's what it is. That's what that's what Paul says it is. Hmm. Paul says that Scripture cuts between you know bone and marrow. That it actually gets in its slices, uh, and it 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 judges even our thoughts and intentions. But so many people I've heard stand over it as if the Bible is just there to affirm what I already think. Mm-hmm. And and this is a matter of humility. This is where Isaiah said, this is the one to whom I will look. He who is contrite in spirit and trembles at my word. It's like, yeah. who's the boss? And who gets to tell you what reality is? If you approach the scripture as if it is essentially affirming what you already think, you're not you're not sitting beneath it. You're standing over it. But yeah. if you approach the scripture every day with God, I am a creature, so yeah. I'm finite. I'm a sinner, so I'm rebellious. Um, search, and search me, see if search. there's any wicked way in me. Yeah, you know, yes. That takes that's hard to say. It's a different posture. Yeah, yeah. and it is hard to say. You're exactly right, Jer. Yeah, but we have to, we have to say it. Um, Yes, the Christian view of Scripture right now is, A, it's under assault uh, from from outside, but it's also under assault from inside. Yeah. And it's, it's just a matter of us, you know, once we plant our flag in the ground and say, I'm not going to be ashamed of anything in here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I mean, Douglas Wilson's got that great little thing he says where he says, once we figured out what it actually means... What the you know what the text is actually saying. Once we figure that out, we just have to decide that there are no problem passages. We say I affirm it all. Yeah. Whether I like it or not, viscerally, yeah. or whether I understand it all, uh, and that's where we need to get to. Yes. So, you know, reading those Psalms uh, that maybe sound a little harsh to our ears. Yeah. That's still God's word. Mm-hmm. Uh, reading about God's judgment on certain people groups. That's mm-hmm. God's word. Mm-hmm. Uh, and our God is good, mm-hmm. and we can't say I don't. You know, I wouldn't have done it that way. Mm-hmm. That's that doesn't sound like a good God. Mm-hmm. Why would a loving God X Y Z? Right? Mm-hmm. That that old timey question. Well, that's putting ourselves above Him. Yeah, that's putting ourselves in the judgment seat. Yeah, in the dock. Yeah, putting God in the dock. Right? Yeah, yeah, and and I mean, one of the primary purposes of Christ's death and resurrection. You know, the gospel is to create a people for his own possession. Yeah. And those people joyfully, uh, willingly 
They're zealous, repeatedly zealous for good works, zealous for good works and submission to his rule. Yep. And you know, the church needs a gospel renewal yep. and it needs a renewal whereby man is moved from the center of reality and Christ is placed at the center of reality and all things revolve around him because all things were created by and for and through and to mm-hmm. him. And this is this is the issue, you know, the authority of Christ, the authority of his word, and the fact that we aren't above that. And that he gets to he gets to call the shots. What is the role of the state? What is the role of the family and the parents and the children and the church? It's his it's his call. Yeah. And the sooner we get on board with that, this the the better and, and the thing is this is what promotes human flourishing. We didn't even get into it, maybe we don't have time tonight, but rejecting a healthy understanding of authority, a covenantal understanding, is a safeguard against totalitarianism yeah. and against the tyranny that has been the mode of existence in the world since the fall of Adam. Yeah. And the fact that no Canadians and no Christians in Canada seem to really care about this is just a sign of indifference to the plight of people. I mean, when you let go of the rule of law and, and the various spheres of authority, and you consolidate those into one, whether it be a, a pastor or a parent or the state, people are harmed. Yeah. Yeah, we're not talking about the difference between... Uh, one good and another good. No. Or between good and slightly better. No. We're talking about the difference between good and bad. And very, very, very bad. Very bad, right? Authoritarianism never goes right. No. And, uh, you know, it's this way. I think a good analogy for this would be lockdown measures. Yeah. Well, you know, they do good. Well, no, if you don't do things right, yeah, you're never going to have a better outcome. Because the lock, long run. lockdowns are a great example because the state doesn't actually have the responsibility to keep us safe in every sphere right. of our life. And when they try to, it doesn't work. Yeah, because they're not God. Because they're not God. <laughs> and it's the same thing with trying to right the wrongs of the past with, yeah. with present injustice. It's like yeah. you are not wise enough or virtuous enough to be able to accomplish what you're setting out to accomplish. Again, yeah. this is only God would be able to do that. Yeah. Yeah, who can who can number the wrongs and yeah. who who knows? It's like, okay, well, you're guilty for that, but what are you guilty for? What are you guilty yeah. for? And what before that there was no skirmishes and wars and bloodshed? Like this it will never no. to land somewhere is just disingenuous and hypocritical. You know? Um it's like there's blood on everyone's hands. Mm. So yeah, we need to as Christians, we need to live joyfully under the authority of scripture and the authority of of Christ, and when we do that, we will get all the other areas right, mm. and that's 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 our task. That's where we begin, yeah. And then we go, as you said, and make disciples. Yes, yes. And uh, I don't know if you had anything else you want to say before I close us with a little scripture here. Great. This is uh, Jesus before Pilate, and uh, one of my one of my favorite verses. Um, this is Pilate's trying to do the, he's trying to do the right thing, right? Yeah. Jesus is being accused. He knows he's not guilty of anything. Yeah. He knows that the the Jewish leaders are doing this out of jealousy. And so he's trying to get him to I don't know what he's trying to get him to do, but he's trying to get him to get off the hook. 
and he asks him a question and Jesus doesn't answer. And so, uh, so Pilate said to him, you will not, uh, will you not speak to me? Do you not know that I have authority to release you and authority to crucify you? And that's true. He did have that authority, right? But Jesus answered him, you would have no authority over me at all unless it had been given to you from above. Therefore, he who delivered me over to you as the greater sin. And so I just, I just love that. It's like, mm-hmm. yeah, you, you have authority, but that authority is accountable to a higher authority. Mm-hmm. And this is the part we forget. Oh, yeah. So. That's great. Yeah. Anyway, we'll leave it at that. And uh, we'll see you next time. Again, if you guys have uh, questions, questions, comments, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, yeah. Jeremy at the com. You can email me there. That'll get to both of us. Uh, comments, suggestions, if hate mail, a, maybe hate mail. Sure, if there's or if there's a topic you really want to hear us discuss, yeah, something that's in our wheelhouse. Hopefully, you know, maybe not the uh, transatlantic migratory patterns of, <laughs> of the bald eagle or something. But we'll look into it. <laughs> we'll Google that. We'll Google. Yeah, if I can find it on Wikipedia, I'll uh, I'll do it. Um, I'm just trying to think what else. You know, hey, always a good idea to like and share. Uh, yeah like and share the podcast pass it along pass Word it, it along. is great it is great you know and always good to see good content on twitter and facebook which mm-hmm. are kind of the armpit or the brothel <laughs> of the internet right <laughs> sometimes we have to go there but we get out as quick as we yeah. can <laughs> i feel dirty <laughs> take a shower <laughs> anyway thanks again for joining us we'll see you next time on the dominion podcast Are you a stranger to God? Carried away with your pride Tell me, sinner, did you ever stop to think? Are you afraid to die? Are you unsaved? Are you afraid to die? Call on him while he is near. Moments are swift passing by Will you seek him while he may be found Are you afraid to die Are you afraid Are you unsafe Are you
coming like a thief in the night. Are you afraid to die? Are you afraid? Are you unsafe? Are you afraid to die?